Welcome to the Highly Sensitive Parenthood Podcast. I'm Amy Laginus, your podcast host and guide to not only surviving, but thriving as a highly sensitive parent. Together, we'll dive into common challenges of highly sensitive parents, hear from other HSPs and empaths about their experiences in parenthood, and learn to honor and celebrate our sensitivity, not only as parents, but as humans. Welcome. Three ways to cope with depression as a highly sensitive parent. Hi there. Um, welcome. I'm Amy Laginus, and I am the founder and creator of HighlySensitiveParenthood.com, a online resource center for highly sensitive and empath parents. Last week, I shared a little bit about um, the basics of understanding depression and being a highly sensitive parent. Today, I'm going to be sharing about three ways to cope with depression as a highly sensitive parent. So the top three ways to cope are one, therapy, two, peer and social support, and three, exploring your identity and activities outside of parenthood. So I'm just scratching the surface here, um, but I'm gonna give a little bit more detail in today's um, video blog about how you can do each of these things in order to cope with and manage and reduce depression in your life. So the bottom line is, the takeaway from last week is you don't need to suffer alone. If you are feeling depressed, if you're struggling with your mood, um, please do seek support. Two out of the three of these are about support and it's critical, critical for depression. Um, so if you are feeling down, off, or just not yourself, um, consider seeking out, number one, therapy. Um, it's often a really important um, in, in intervention for people experiencing depression. So here's why. What does therapy do for those experiencing depression? It gives you a safe space to explore your thoughts and feelings. It helps you to engage in self-compassion and to receive compassion from your therapist. It teaches mindfulness skills and supports you in making positive and meaningful changes in your life. And it can help you explore other treatment options, such as talking to a physician or a psychiatrist about medication options. So medication is not necessary for every person who is experiencing depression, but for those who are experiencing moderate to severe depression, it can be a really important part of treatment. So don't count that out. So um, in my other career as a therapist, and I'll give the disclaimer here, um, I am trained as a psychotherapist and licensed in the state of California. My uh, advice or my, my statements in this video should not be considered medical or mental health advice um, or medical or mental health treatment. This is simply um, providing you with some information so that you can take the next steps to access that treatment for yourself. Um, so yes, in my other career as a therapist, a wise supervisor once told me that anxiety and depression are just two sides of the same coin. And I have seen that time and time again, where um, HSPs, they can come to a place of depression after being highly overwhelmed or highly anxious, just up to here for a period of time, and their body just whew, can't handle it anymore. And um, they can drop their bodies and their minds drop into a period of depression. 
So if that resonates with you, if that's the case for you, please bring up that dynamic with your therapist and you may need to actually treat, well, treat the depression, but also treat the anxiety um, and the, the, the part, the core parts of your anxiety as a, as a factor in why you became depressed. Um, so it can be important to, to, to address both anxiety and depression in your work with your therapist. Um, I'll give you more tips on how to find a therapist later, but I'm just going to move through the to the second way of coping here. The second is through peer and social support. Now, this is really tough when you're depressed because a lot of people want to isolate. They don't want to go out and do the things that they normally would be doing. And yet, um, it's very important when you can to push past that, that tendency to isolate and to hide your feelings from people and to seek peer support. So that could be in a therapy or peer support group. It could be informally with friends. It could be connecting with family members. Um, it could be finding a parents group in your community. So many yoga studios, um, religious uh, gatherings, churches, community centers, um, temples, um, libraries, children museums, all of these places um, are, are great, can be great resources to find those um, parent groups and to connect with other moms who, or, or dads or parents who are experiencing similar things to you. Um, so informally, you can also just connect with peers and in similar interest groups. And that we'll kind of talk about that in, in the next uh, step, which is number three, ident or exploring identity and activities outside of parenthood. So often what I see is that a factor in parents' depression is the fact that their identity as a parent is so heavy and overwhelming and they've many times lost a sense of who they are and what their life is about outside of being a parent. And to some extent, this is normal, especially like right around the time a baby is born, you know, evolutionarily, we're kind of primed to be like, whew, laser focus on our, on our child. Um, or around the time a baby is adopted or a child's brought into our family, it's like, whoa, there's a lot to focus on <laughs> in that moment. And we can kind of get tunnel vision with it. Um, but as time moves forward, it's, um, it can be really important for us to kind of differentiate from our, from our, from our kids and from our role as a parent and to take the time to really feed and nourish ourselves, um, with what matters to us. So if you're finding yourself saying, my life's so different now, like, who am I? What, what, what is life? Who am I outside of being a parent? And you're struggling with that. First of all, therapy can be really helpful. Um, but even just asking yourself, um, what are my favorite activities? Like before I experienced, before I became a parent or before I was experiencing this low mood, what were the things that really made me feel alive, made me feel connected with myself or with the world around me? What did I love to do? Um, and you may need to look back to like childhood. Some people do and they're you know, like, oh yeah, I really love those um yeah, piano lessons, or I loved riding horses, or I loved um, going on hikes, or making music, whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is, it's just about con connecting with that. Or maybe it's something totally new, like a new hobby. So for example, for myself, um, this was after my second child was born, but probably a couple of years in, I was like, oh, I just had this urge to 
to do art and I'm not like a particularly talented artist or anything. I'm not looking to like make it a career or anything like that. It was just a way for me to um, spend time with myself and to play and to relax and to let go of all the stressors of being a parent. Um, so what could this look like for you? It could look like taking one day a month or one day a quarter away from your home and your family to spend time with friends or go on a retreat or just spend time um, in favorite places. So taking that time away, very important for HSP parents. Um, setting aside time to engage in a hobby or a sport. So again, what that could look like is, um, you know, art, tennis, making music, these kinds of things. They seem simple on the surface, but what it really does is it helps you to practice spending time doing something, one, for yourself, and two, just for the pure pleasure and enjoyment and play that it, it gives you. And as parents, we often can lose that. We often lose that part of our lives that's playful for ourselves um, and lighthearted for ourselves. And so reconnecting with that is um, a really powerful practice. Um, this is a, a bit of a bigger conversation topic that I'm sure I'll tackle in a, in a future um, podcast uh, blog, but um, considering about your work-life balance. Now, regardless of whether you are staying at home, working full-time, working part-time outside the home, it doesn't matter. I, I, I have been and I've worked with parents who are in each of those situations for whom it is not working for them. It's causing overwhelm and they need to shift one way or another. So just considering that. Um, there's many other factors here and many other ways to cope with depression, but again, the top three are seeking professional support through a therapist or um, psychiatrist, accessing peer and social support with friends um, or community groups, and three, exploring your identity and activities outside of parenthood. So as I said earlier, it's very important, it's critical even to seek professional help to manage your depression. Um, depression is one of those uh, situations that can be kind of hard to climb out of on your own and that really benefit from having other people around you to support you. Um, if you feel like you might be depressed or you're just off, you're not yourself. Um, and if you're, if you're not quite sure what it means to be depressed, please go back to our last week's, um, video blog podcast on HSP parents and depression. That gives a bit more information about what it can feel like. Um, but if, if you're thinking that might be true for you, please seek out a therapist who is knowledgeable about um, high sensitivity or HSP and depression. Um, you can find that list of HSP knowledgeable therapists at hsperson.com. Um, you can also go on psychologytoday.com and they have a nice system for kind of um, sorting through therapists and filtering based on what you're looking for in terms of insurance and location and specialty. Um, you can also simply Google HSP therapist in your state, province, or country. Most therapists, um, I would say all therapists, have experience working with people who are experience, experiencing depression. You might choose to, to find someone who really specializes in it, but I would venture to say that most of us have that expertise. 
Um, so if you are in California, like I said, for the purposes of this video, I'm a parenting coach with highly sensitive parenthood. Um, but I have another side of my business, um, that's separate. That is, uh, my therapy business for people who live in California. That's called inner nature therapy. It's I N N E R naturetherapy.com. Um, and I'd love to have you check me out if you are in California and in need of support. Lastly, Postpartum Support International, it's at postpartum.net, offers some great resources. These will all be linked in the show notes for today. Um, and if you are in the United States and experiencing a mental health crisis, you can always call 988 for support and resources. This is a relatively new number as of 2022. We no longer have to call 911 for mental health emergencies. Yay, there's a dedicated line 988 for those mental health emergencies. So I hope this is informative for you and encouraging you to take those next steps. You do not need to suffer alone with depression as a highly sensitive person and parent. You deserve um, support. You deserve to find peace and healing from your depression. And I promise there's people out there who would love to support you with that. So take good care and I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us on the Highly Sensitive Parenthood podcast. For more resources, including our blog, toolkit, and online course for highly sensitive parents, visit highlysensitiveparenthood.com.